Hello and welcome to the Switch It podcast, where we have a new motto, it ain't over till it's super over. Yes, it was a case of deja vu in Auckland as the T20i series produced a fittingly ludicrous conclusion. Our thoughts remain with Jimmy Neesham, though we'll not dwell on him for long as test preparations are already continuing apace with another set of England new boys performing well overnight in Bangarai. Now, it wasn't so long ago that we were sat here discussing some middling England performances in a low-key T20 series that people in the UK might have been forgiven for sleeping through. And then David Milan produced the fastest T20 100 uh, by an Englishman. England made their highest score in the format. They rounded things off by winning another super over against the luckless Kiwis. I'm joined by Mark Butcher and Andrew Miller, all set for a West Lifestyle key change to recap the action. Firstly, since we had a bit of feedback on the subject, the uh, marvellous Mr Milan scored only the uh, second T20 International 100 for England, averages more than Virat Kohli, Baba Azam and Kevin Peterson, has the highest strike rate among Englishmen to have faced 250 balls. Do we need to issue a retraction here, Butch? He still might not get in the, in, in the first team for England in the, in the format. Um, although I suppose it's becoming more and more... Uh, difficult not to find a, to find a spot for him. Um, yeah, I mean, awesome. It's, it's always nice to, um, to, uh, have to eat a little bit of humble pie, um, for, for somebody doing something out of this world. Um, so yeah, fair play to him. Uh, and, and, you know, it, the difficulty for England is going to be, um, when it comes down to, to picking a 15, I think it is a 15 man squad, isn't it? For the, for the, the, it's who to leave out. Um, particularly in, in the, in the batting department. Um, that's going to be t- tough for anybody to, to, to worry about. I suppose everyone's going to be writing, um, a hundred different pieces about what, uh, what you should do with, with Joe Root. Is he going to, does he deserve to be picked? Should he be in it? Should he don't? My, my feeling is still that he will be. Um, and, and I don't, you know, just remember the last World T20 that England very nearly won. He was, he was our best player in the format. So I think leaving him out would be a would be a tough a tough call on him and somebody who is doing doing wonderful things or somebody who might uh, be an absolute shoe in uh, with a year to go might miss out. That could be Dad Milan, it could be Jason Roy, it could be Johnny Best. Or who knows? Um, but at the moment, England have got a lot of options when it comes to to top order. Spots in, in T20 cricket. Um, 48 ball 100 will always do your chances some good Miller. Although it was interesting to note um, comments after the game by Owen Morgan about the lack of running a buy off the final ball, um, which uh, Milan uh, was guilty of. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems on the, on the face of it a little bit nitpicky, but uh, but the, there, there's very it's very rare that Morgan says something without meaning to say it and, and apparently he just dropped in at the end of the press conference it wasn't really a question it was more a sort of oh and by the way they sort of threw in the statement at the end of it and uh yeah it was one that makes you sit up and take notice because you know uh, you know referring to eating humble pie i mean yes absolutely what a what a sensational innings but at the same time um some of the some of the stuff we were talking about last week included the sort of the the attitude side of things with with Dave Milan and you know I, I, he certainly annoyed Middlesex with his comments when he when he moved counties and you know the, the, you do sense that, that that Morgan just wants to take him down a peg a bit and you know after a 48 ball 100 that seems like a strange time to do it but then you bear in mind that you know we we've, we've had a, a world cup final where where the scores couldn't be separated across a 
uh, 50 overs, then a super over, and then they couldn't be separated in the decider of a, of a T20. Every single run matters in, at the top level of the game. And if you're not running buys and risking going for red inkers instead of uh, diving for your crease and getting that extra run, you know, that could have come back to bite England. And uh, these are these are things that uh, that will matter in the sharp end. So I, I dare say Milan is, is wise enough to take that on board and, and recognise that, yep, uh, next time I'll uh, I'll, I'll, I'll put, uh, put my team first and foremost and and sprint for the sprint for the hills, but you know, as I say, it is it is nitpicky in the in the grander scheme of things because it was a sensational innings. It was precisely the sort of um, change of change of key to use your <laughs> use your use your Westlife analogy that England needed after three games in which no one had really stepped up and really made the difference in in that T Twenty series. They suddenly have emerged after five matches five match series with. One absolute gun statement of an innings that will resonate. You know, this time next year, people will be trying to weigh up the final 15 for the uh, World T20, and that is going to be remembered in a way that most currency for for, for Darren Milan. And and I guess, you know, I'm I'm not covering. I don't think I'm covering myself or any of us actually for the the the, um, the criticism that we that we cast upon uh, the, the the hopefuls. Um, in the last switch, um, because the, the criticism was nobody had done anything outstanding enough to, to fight their way in. Somebody did something outstanding, so that's what you got to do. There we go. And, and talking about um, nitpicky, but M- McLean Park, um, friendly even by the impeccable standards of, of New Zealanders uh, um, hosting visitors. Uh, have you been batted there, Butch? Pretty pretty small square boundaries. Uh, no, no, I haven't. But uh, no, I, I do remember that most of their grounds were like that. So it was quite <laughs> difficult to difficult to narrow it down. <laughs> um, we had a, a in that game another tantalising glimpse of Tom Banton um, Miller. He is one man who does have a higher strike rate than uh, Milan, albeit he's only faced thirty four deliveries in T Twenty uh, international cricket. Yeah, and smashed about sixty odd runs or something. I've, I've lost track, but it, you know he's he's looking he's looking the part, isn't he, as a guy at the top of the order? I mean, you know, going back to what we're saying about uh, about Joe Root in particular. I mean, you know, these boundaries are pretty small. These boundaries are very tight. The the pitches, by all accounts, are pretty good. Uh, when he gets to Australia next year, the pitches may be good, but the boundaries are big. And the one thing that um, that Root, by his own admission, has not got is the raw power that some of these other guys have got in 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 T Twenty cricket. I that's not to say I would not have him in the side. I I, I at this stage absolutely I'd have him in and around the squad because you know he's a he's a quality player. But in terms of raw power. There are other guys who are going to clear that boundary with more clarity, I guess, and 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 Banton may well be one of them. I mean, that's not to say that Root couldn't measure his shots perfectly and and turn ones into threes, twos into threes, and you know rotate the strike at a at a at a, at a, at a three hundred three hundred rate, which is entirely possible as well. But you know, there 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 are there are it's a very different set of scenarios that that England are going to face in in Australia next year, and um, they're just going to want to be covered in all bases, don't they? And in some ways, um, someone like Tom Banton, how he goes in the Big Bash League, which uh, might be as as much of an indication as um, kind of England's uh, view on him over the next six yeah, months or I, so. Yeah, look, I said it in the last pod, I'll say it again, if he's not in it, I'd be unbelievably surprised. Because <laughs> I, I just think, you know, he's, regardless of the sort of the size of sixties he's able to hit, I just think he's very, very special. Um, and so, yeah, it'd, it'd be a great little audition for him. But I, but I don't have any doubt that he'll go over there and do and do well. You know, the, the, the already kind of, uh, albeit without setting, um, setting anything alight, 
he already just looks as though the, the game looks a lot easier for him than it does a lot of other people. Um, and in much, the, in much the way we spoke about Joffrey Archer before he became, um, you know, known to, to the wider public, sometimes there are people who are just better. Um, and to me, Tom Banter looks like one of those. Um, someone that we know all about, uh, Owen Morgan, he made a career best two uh, in that that fourth T20 um, the stand with Milan, his former Middlesex teammate, and uh, 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 good dressing room pal, I'm sure, from those comments afterwards. Um, that was a 182-run stand at the highest for the third uh, wicket in the format, uh, highest for England, fourth highest overall. Uh, beat the previous highest stand for England, which was 159 between... Well, I'll give you one, Alex House. Who, who was his partner on that day? Gosh, that's for, a good for, for two points. Two points. Hmm... I've no idea. I, mean, I, can, I can spend all day throwing into that. <laughs> Good guess. Um, now, where's Vidushin Hantaraja when you need him? Ravi Bapara, of course. Good in 2012. I would have. I would have spent all day guessing. I would never have got there. <laughs> Always go for Ravi. Um, and it was a good uh, day for Matt Parkinson, who obviously with a big score to have end, tossed it up invitingly and finished with a forfer. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he's he's a guy who who looks like he's going to going to have have um some uses further down the line i mean there he is in he's he's rashid's stable mate for the moment i mean as we said last week is rashid's shoulder is is not in the best best shape best uh, um state at the moment so uh, you know having a, a younger younger fresher leg spinner coming up the up the rails and putting pressure on him is is, is ideal and uh, yeah he 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 looked he looked the part. He looked as though he was—he was not afraid to trust his core strengths, toss it up, you know, risk being smacked out of the park. But occasionally, you know, they they miscue it. And Bob's your uncle. He, what was he? he took five wickets and six overs, I think, in 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 the first first two games he played, which is uh, mm-hmm. you know you can't argue with that sort of strike rate. So uh, yeah, it, it's been a very encouraging um, little outing for England on 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 several several fronts, and and you know. Again, we were a little bit downbeat last week after three games without any clear sort of movement. But in the course of a five-game series, which, as, as mentioned before, is the first time it's happened between senior nations, there is room to, to really open things up and, and, and get a few contenders coming through. The, the, the cool thing about it, from England's point of view, is a kind of experiment, you know, not particularly take it too seriously, not be too worried about results going... Uh, Going against you, but then with the with the series on the line, they won. Um, and I think again, it was something else we mentioned last week that Owen Morgan is very very keen to to win series because regardless um, what you're trying to do in in terms of blooding um, new players or giving people experience or trying to find out about the temperament of other people, if you can do all of that and continue to keep the the, the winning feeling going, then uh, then then you're you're creating a confident atmosphere. And, and Owen's all about that. Um, it looked for a, all the while we might not get a result uh, in that decider uh, from raining boundaries in Napier uh, to raining rain in Auckland. Uh, we were sort of heading for a washout uh, until uh, the mop-up operation at Eden Park began and um, those in the stands had to start seeking cover once again. Uh, hard to say too much about an 11-over thrash uh, other than that uh, all the batsmen smoked it and once again you couldn't fit a fag paper between the two sides. No. Yeah, well, it, I mean, you, you can't you can, you can't say something about it because I suppose, I mean, uh, Bairstow 
made the point that you know last year he was playing in the in the T10 league out, out in the out in the Emirates and he smacked what was it 84 from 24 balls I think that was straight off his 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 comeback in Sri Lanka as well wasn't he he got got thrown a plane flew over there belted the ball everywhere which was a T10 record T10 or, record or I, believe, like I believe it still still stands but the, <laughs> the point is you know 84 of 24 and then what was it 47 off 17 so you know he's he's in a he's in a mood when it comes to this shorter form and you know it, there's a real opportunity for when when in, t- in 2020 clearly wickets aren't as important but there is a danger that you can lose them too quickly in T10 wickets aren't remotely important so you can absolutely Go for go for the go for the hills and uh, and and everyone came off. Guptill came off. Munro came off. Bairstow came off. Morgan got seventeen from seven balls. I mean, he was coming off until he went off. It was it, it was all going off. Uh, and yeah, great fun as as far as it went. Um, you know, up with the shorter format. It's uh, it, it, it was it was it was lively. Yeah, England kept losing wickets and kept coming. And in the end. Um, Someone you mentioned last week for his batting bush, Chris Jordan, mm. popped up with uh, 12 off three balls yeah, to level yep, the scores. You beauty. Poor old, uh, yeah, we mentioned Jimmy, Jimmy Neesham. Neesham and, uh, and his Twitter account with more, uh, more <laughs> tales of, ho- of woe. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, what were we talking about? The, the idea that, that New Zealand might be able to assuage the, the pain of, <laughs> of losing in the, in the Super Over and the, and the, the World Cup semi-final to England and it happens to them again in, in very different circumstances but yeah I mean CJ was the hero all round wasn't he with the, with the bat and then uh, won it with the, with the ball in the, mm-hmm. in the defence so really good tournament for him really good tournament for, for Dan Milan um, disappointment for Sam Billings who just can't get a break whenever he gets, a, he gets a chance to sort of be out of the undercard status that he finds himself so often and so often just you know, n- nothing doing. No, no way that he can sort of break in or do anything eye-catching enough to, to push himself any further. Um, who it's else? Score of fourteen, D- wasn't it? it was interesting, a- interesting. You know, to see Saki mood Interesting to see uh, Pat Brown, but without any, you know, without them really doing anything that, that, that push their case mm. too far. But we might see a bit of them before between now and the and the, uh, and the World Cup itself. Um, and other than that. That's it, really, isn't it? I mean, J- James Vince, anonymous. Um, uh, Owen Morgan showing that he's in no mood to, or, you know, he's had his break. He's had, uh, he's answered all the questions about whether he's going to carry on or not. Mm-hmm. He obviously feels that he's got enough enthusiasm and enough sort of drive and spark to try and become double white ball champions for England and see England the other way through. So that's another, um, that's something else that's probably been put to bed. Um, and other than that, you kind of you you look forward to to seeing the the first eleven get an outing at some point, probably at the end of the South Africa tour. I mean, it's um, interesting though with Morgan because I mean you know we saw we saw his form when he went back to the blast after the World Cup. You know he had a had a had a chance to to have have a couple of weeks to really enjoy the experience of of of, of winning the World Cup, and then um, you know while while England were while the, the Test team were playing Ireland, he was there in the stands, supping the champagne, living the life, and then got back on the pitch and started smoking it because he was you know he looked like a man who just the weight off his shoulders, and some of the some of the performances he put in out here, admittedly you know he, the weight was back on his shoulders a little bit with bringing through a a younger bunch of kids in in a sort of godfatherly style, but given given the opportunity to be take centre stage and, and turn the series around, he seized it. And it, it, it's great to see. He's, he's a guy who, who has achieved his life's ambition, uh, but is now, you know, just, just enjoying himself by the looks of it, uh, but still has that has that game brain and, and that leadership um, 
authority that, that makes him invaluable. So um, it, it's a, it looks like a particularly nice place for him to be at the moment, and long may it last for him. Um, talk about being given opportunities and grabbing opportunities. Sam Curran, um, impressed with the ball, but in that um, run chase at Eden Park, also uh, showed what he could do with the bat, having been promoted up to number five, actually. Yeah. It was him and Bairstow that kind of um, revived England. Uh, from I think 39 for three after the three over power play. Yeah, well, this is this is what <laughs> he can do. Bizarre isn't it? figures. I mean, he does it all the time in Test cricket, and he was doing it when he got put put up the order a couple of times in the IPL, didn't he? And 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 you know, yes, went, it went opened nothing, didn't opened he? Opened the batting exactly, and 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 boshed it a few times. He, 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 you know, he's such a such a squit of a man. It doesn't doesn't look like it doesn't look like he's gonna 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 be effective in in the way that some some players can saunter onto the stage and look like world beaters. But my God, he just he just has a has an ability to 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 rise to whatever roles th- thrust at him. It's it's remarkable and um, yeah, invaluable as well. Um, it was all thoroughly good natured as as we'd expect, you know. Despite the the World Cup Rwenge talk, um, <laughs> did you see the? Uh, it was a tie tie. Butch, <laughs> presumably to which the English response is uh, not. <laughs> uh, I mean, it doesn't matter, does it? We win again. We win again. Um, end, of, end, of, end of discussions. Um, you know, and they're, they're thoroughly nice people, aren't they, the Kiwis? Thoroughly nice, as long as you win, as long as you beat them. Um, yeah, I mean, just... There was a there was a slight sense that, <laughs> that everyone was like, oh no, not again, seriously, <laughs> um, poor Jimmy Nation. But, but does does the fact that you know obviously the the ideal way to finish the World Cup would have been to have endless super overs to decide <laughs> the su- decide the super over until it's won? Does the fact that England have won the very next outing on a super over decisively <laughs> does that does that put to bed the gripes for the summer I, I don't know maybe, maybe it ought to yeah perhaps our Kiwi listeners can write in and, and say whether they're now giving up any claim to the World Cup Didn't wasn't that when it, um, when England landed someone submitted a, a joint custody bid didn't they for the World Cup so maybe now you know that's been dealt with um, I mean it was just one last uh, thought on this the, the, the the chemistry here. Oh, go on, the, go on, the, the, Do we have to seriously? Is there, is there something else coming up that, might, that we might talk about? <laughs> Let's just you know just draw a line under this. But the the sort of it's a bromance on a national level. This the England and New Zealand white ball teams. You know, McCullum through to Morgan. Mm. Um, I, I'm sure you're gagging for the next uh, instalment. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, you know, we, we've said it all along that, uh, that you know the the whole whole of this journey was started in 2015 by by. Brendan McCullum's team and and moreover Brendan McCullum's friendship and you know he was his best I think best man or the other way around for Owen Morgan so you know that 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 connection has gone all the way back for four years and isn't it beautiful? Well, you know what I think if I was the if I were the Kiwis now I'd be I'd be thinking very much along the lines of Alan Border and just going no enough of this <laughs> they basically they basically nicked our playing template template they've just they keep beating us now um, and no more ni- ni- Mr Nice Guy we're not going to talk to him we won't speak to him we'll abuse the crap out of him until we eventually break them and have twenty years of dominance over them <laughs> in the same way that the Australians did and I think if I was them they're absolutely justified to do just that. There we go. No more Mr. Nice Guys. I don't think they can do that. No, they have to. They have to. Otherwise, it's just going to keep getting worse for them. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, let's move on uh, from whether or not David Milan will be asked to the big dance. England are about to engage in a two-match non-World Test Championship series with New Zealand. Um, 
as the Chris Silverwood era begins in earnest. The first tour match got going overnight with hundreds apiece for Dom Sibley and Zach Crawley, encouraging signs, albeit against a modest attack. Uh, we've heard a little bit about Silverwood's desire for England to bat long, build partnerships, big scores. Basically, in this case, Miller, uh, they want the next gen to play more like throwbacks. Yeah, certainly do. I mean, um, talking of throwbacks, I was talking to Alistair Cook in the week, and uh, you know, he's he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a guy who who knows Silverwood well from from working with him in Essex, obviously, where where he got promotion and then carried them to their first uh, first of their two titles in three years. So you know, he's he's got a great legacy there. He really made his case for the England job. Uh, while at Essex before obviously coming across to, to be the bowling coach in England. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it seems self-evident, and certainly you can see from the scorecard overnight, that the top three, the, the, their job is bat as long as it takes. Get 100 if it takes you all day, um, you've done your job. And then, clearly, England do have the, this this powerhouse middle order that, that is, you know, part of the problem in recent years. It's been exposed far too soon, and therefore... It can't become part of the problem instead of the solution to to upping a run rate that's uh, that's steady but not spectacular. But your bowlers have got into their third and second and third and fourth spells and uh, are ripe for the smoking. And uh, in in theory, it's a it's a flawless game plan. And when it has come off in in recent history for England, it's been mightily impressive. The trouble is, of course, it hasn't come off very often. No, I'm, look, it's one of the one of the things that perhaps having a bowler as head coach might be very very good for England because mm-hmm. bowlers not interested in 40 you know 40 overs worth of fast run scoring <laughs> they want to be sat in the dressing room for a good day and a half with their feet up um you know conserving and restoring energy so they can come out and win you the game with the ball that's that's what bowlers like that's what bowlers love and they've got a they've got a head coach who knows only too well in his, his time as an as an England player and sometimes playing for for Yorkshire and Middlesex on flat pitches that if you don't bat long and if you don't give your bowlers time to recover then you are knackered you're not winning too many test matches so perhaps there is the one thing that Chris Silverwood has beyond anybody else that might have got the job he's a bowler he's a, he is a bowler and and that was his blueprint um, at Essex uh, oh, oh, only two seasons there we, we forget in a way I mean, they were uh, as head coach they won division two won division one and then Silverwood was, was off indeed to, to, to be the bowling coach for England but there's Put runs on the board, you know, with Cook involved there, but people like Nick Brown and uh, and Ravi and Ryan Tenderscarter, and then let the bowlers go to work. Uh, Graham Napier and David Masters, I think it was, in his first season in charge, but then Jamie Porter and so on, and and then they got in a, a spinner in Simon Harmer. But you know, score runs, scoreboard pressure, take wickets. As old as as old as time itself. <laughs> Forget total cricket. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how you win Test matches, yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean, deja vu all over again. Uh, uh, but but having a plan to fill specialist holes with specialist pegs looks like Dom Sibley is going to play. That presumably means Joe Denley to number three, unless he doesn't recover from um, the ankle injury he sustained. Yeah, I mean, which and is, then Joe Root back to number four, which is you know interesting that that England took both Sibley and and um, Zach Crawley and. Joe Denley, they've got you know four prop. Well, I suppose Joe Denley is is, a, is an accidental top order player now, um, albeit that he had done it before. Didn't we do a pod somewhere where I was saying you know this guy hasn't opened for ten years, but at least he's opened. 
Yeah. 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 Rather than, as opposed to people who have never done it before. I think it was before, the, before the, yeah. the oval test. Absolutely. Uh, he, trained, he trained as an opening, opening batsman. He at least has some sort of an idea of how to do it. But England have got four, you know, four guys who, who bat in the top order for, um, you know, in the squad. Um, so if Denny doesn't make it and Zach Crawley has to bat at number three, then I have no issue with that at all. And, and the most important thing is that Joe Root gets to bat at number four, where he's much more comfortable. Um, and England have in, in somebody like Rory Burns and perhaps one of the other two um, the chance of, of sort of making a slow, if if unspectacular, but at the start that will give the fancy dance down the order a bit more of a chance to, to go out there and make hay. Um, fancy dance down the order. Ollie Pope at number six, Miller. He, he obviously debuted last Summer last year, uh, yeah, but at number four. But at number he? four, yeah. Um, and so, uh, I mean, and is, is this England learning the error of their ways? Well, there? yes, somewhere he'd never batted for. Exactly, for never batted. He'd not only he'd never batted there. He'd never. I don't think he'd ever come into bat before the twentieth over. And obviously, England had their usual collapse. And so there <laughs> he was facing the new ball at Lords on debut at number four. I mean, it's not ideal. And the poor chap. I mean, he, he. You know, he he didn't he didn't disgrace himself, but he was he was very visibly caught in two minds. He was he was trying to be the correct technical batsman to survive the conditions but also he couldn't help being drawn into a few flourishes outside off and just looked like he wasn't quite sure of what type of player he needed to be in those circumstances as you can entirely imagine a guy only in his second season I think it was um, so yeah this would be much more his his kettle of fish especially if as mentioned those guys in the top including Joe Root at number four who will hopefully not be required to bat at 20 for two every time if these guys do their job you know he'll be coming in to much healthier positions with much more settled batsmen at the other end and uh, just a much better place for a batsman to learn because you know this is the Again, you talk about the Australian way of doing things and England have tried to ape the way Australia do things over the years. But one thing Australia done very well is blood their new batsman at number six. Ricky Ponting came at number six. Steve Waugh, number six. All these guys, you know, depending, no matter where they end up, they usually appear and make their first appearances in that middle order and have a chance just to absorb the atmosphere, absorb the, 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 the extraordinary thing that is test cricket. Uh, without being completely frazzled by it. And someone like um, Ian Bell for England um, started off down there in uh, sort of number number six mm-hmm. uh, and then yeah, yeah, grew I mean, into just, that stroke maker, I mean, middle just, order stroke maker role. It's just common sense, isn't it? You know, you, you've got, if you've got, particularly when you've got more senior players, sometimes you don't have that luxury, but if you have more senior players, then they should bat higher than, 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 the, than the new guy. It's, unless you're an opener. Whereby it's your job to walk out there first, but you know it's—I don't know. There's been an enormous amount of um, trying to to reinvent the wheel going on from England in Test match cricket for the last three or four years, and maybe just maybe they might have somebody a, a head coach allied with a with a with a group of selectors who perhaps have agreed. You know what? Let's stop. Let's stop messing about with this. We've tried. We've tried all the funkiness. Perhaps there's a sort of a more solid way of going about this. And if you and if you line if you line the team up um, in a in a more orthodox way, and if you pick um, guys with the right sort of character, there is so much talent in the team to be able to go out there and play brilliantly. But you you know it's like, what, what's the what's the ske- <laughs> sketch, the old Monty Python sketch where the where the guy 
said that people said that the people said that he was mad to build the uh, to build his castle on a swamp or something, you know. <laughs> uh, but he did it anyway, and it collapsed into the swamp. <laughs> Don't build your castle on a swamp. There we, is the lesson. There but, we go. Well, not he, only is the new coach a bowler, he's a Yorkshireman, so <laughs> common sense abounding. But, but at the same at the same time, with 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 all, he's going to convince me that you should build a castle on a swamp. <laughs> with, with all due respect to to the fact that England or a castle in the sky. Whatever. I love castle in the sky. My favourite type. But with all due respect to to the need to to get back to basics you do i think there is there is a sense as well in in hindsight obviously the hindsight is particularly glorious because england won the world cup but you do wonder and uh, just just from the way that trevor bayliss went about his test um coaching it just felt like the the risk of contagion of of allowing a, a negative mentality to seep into the dressing room even even marginally um was was so so frowned upon that that it was almost sort of booted out the back door it's safer just to encourage all the players because a lot of them were doubling up and and part of the test part of the the one day squad much safer to encourage them to carry on playing the way that was going to win the world cup and risk the odd embarrassment mm-hmm. in test cricket than double down and knuckle down and 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 build a build a test squad but then take that mindset and not come out and give your your full 100% pedal to the metal version in white ball cricket if you listen if you look at Trevor Bayliss's time as, as England coach through the prism of his main job, which was to win the World Cup, then everything he did was entirely understandable. And some might say, you know, George might say, well, you know, in that case, they should have split the roles. But I, I've never agreed with Britain splitting the roles. I've seen it, didn't like it, I, and nothing will convince me that even with the sort of like the, the, the even clearer difference, I suppose, in, in terms of people's specialist subjects um, that has emerged. Uh, since the last time England had two coaches, even even with that, I still think it's a dangerous a dangerous thing to do, because the, because the two men have completely different priorities, and the players get caught in that in that crossfire. So I don't like it, um, but I but I forgive forgive's not the right word. I mean, crikey, <laughs> uh, you know. But I, I can totally and utterly understand what Miller's saying, um, and I completely exonerate um, Trevor Bayliss for doing what he did. Because if you're if you're given the job, given the task um, of of providing England with a win in their home World Cup, you can be absolutely forgiven if you ask me to have taken your eye off the Test match game, because the because the entire game asked you to do it. Everything that the England board, everything that the selectors, everything that he did in the four years was so that we won the World Cup. We've absolutely. Done it. I mean, it's not to say England couldn't have won the World Cup. By doing it the other way, but why leave? But we'll it to, never, why leave it to chance? We will never know precisely. But why I mean, leave it to chance? I mean, the, the, the analogy that I have with things like the um, with things like the England football team, I probably shouldn't mention this in the pod, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm, I'm on a roll. <laughs> but you know, the, the, the idea that that the England football team since 1966 have have not been able to do anything better than reach the odd, the very odd semi final, being that it is our national sport, being that that you know the country kind of virtually comes to a standstill when the World Cup is on or any of the tournaments um, are on and yet there has never been that um, that really that really conscious decision to do everything that you possibly can to make it possible to do everything you can to give Gareth Southgate whoever is the manager the chance to win the World Cup in much the same as the, the, the athletics the Olympic committees gave the athletes for the 2012 World Cup uh, Olympics. <laughs> every single chance the athletics would, world cup <laughs> every single chance to win as many gold and as many you know as much um as much silverware 
goldware, bronzeware as was possible. They pulled out all the stops to make it the most successful one that we'd ever had. It worked, and it worked with a cricket. It's never worked with a football because it's never been done. No one has ever decided, you know what we're going to do? We're going to override the clubs on something here. We're going to make it so that it's all about England winning the World Cup. And it's not going to be all about the top four clubs making as much money as possible and winning all the trophies. You know, that that's what's required if you want to do something extraordinary. It's been proven that it can be done. Um, and so, therefore, I, I have no issue with it. You can't argue that the Premier League isn't the greatest thing in the world, though, <laughs> it, you, it, even if you're a Palace is, fan. It is for the uh, Premier League, absolutely. <laughs> I'd, never, I'd never disagree with that. And I think as a spectacle, it's it's fabulous. But none of it's got anything to do with England winning the World Cup. <laughs> it's interesting, though. You contrast it with the way that England won their only other, their only other global title the t20 world cup in 2010 that was that was you know if the, if if the world cup was all i mean that was nothing that was that was a case of a bunch of bunch of cricketers thrown together at the last minute given a given two weeks to do something and lo and behold they had some well, fun you know that's t20 though that's t- well exactly and that's, that's how that's, the west indies have won it they've won it that's twice that's exactly my point because yeah. what's coming up now we've got two t20s back to back it doesn't matter so much if england aren't completely all in on those because yes. you can you can make it up a little bit on the hoof at the last minute especially if we've shown the strength and depth that's been proven in the last couple of weeks in new zealand there's a lot of agreement going on isn't <laughs> there? We, we need to, we need to let's get back to total cricket <laughs> uh, well i'm sure you'll you'll probably be in agreement about the importance of this um series this winter for for joe root um he's had a bit bit of time off actually um ahead of this tour talked about the opportunity for some tech technical work talked about wanting to start the winter off with a bang uh Presumably that uh, means um, scoring lots and lots of runs over. Yeah, I would uh, hope so. And he would absolutely hope so. Um, listen, the the win at the the win at the Oval was was hugely welcome in terms of giving him some breathing space um, for his captaincy. Um, again, you know, the, the the verdict or the the jury will still be out on whether or not England can do better um, or or get more out of him as a batsman and, and uh, results can improve under under somebody else possibly but for now it's not that's not the main concern the main concern is him getting back to to being mentioned in the same breath as the as the big 3 um uh, Kane Williamson he'll go up head to head with him in the next in the next week or so which would be very interesting but yeah i mean his 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 run scoring his standards as a batsman have dropped quite dramatically i think and so he'd have been very very keen and the chance to have to have done something about that um in the last how long has it been now it's been it's only been a month a month and a bit month and a half but chance to get away from the game forget all about it and and perhaps you know almost start start from the beginning go back to sort of the the um go back to basics again mm-hmm. of trying to trying to sort out his sort out his movements work out where his off stump is work out the type of player that he wants to be in order to score Maximum runs in Test match cricket, and I'm sure he will do it because he's a fabulous, fabulous player. Yeah, well, in spite in spite of the fact he was nearly there in the Ashes, he got four four fifties in five games, but his average kept going down because unfairly, I guess, because his average is so high in the first <laughs> place. Unless he was scoring more than 100 ga- 100 runs a game, his average is going to go down. So it's finished at. Uh, 47 I think which is the lowest it's been for five years his average as captain is 40 point something mm. I mean it's, it's not good enough by his immensely lofty standards but again he's going to have a sidekick now who looks as though he's going to care a bit more about his game I mean you know Root, Root was subsumed as, as part of the World Cup squad he, he, he was 
secondaries who own Morgan as as the dominant captain in 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 the England setup in the last couple of years. Um, you sense that with the with the Ashes looming in two years' time and England's stated goal to get back to number one and 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 change things around, he's going to have a sidekick in 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 Silverwood who's going to take a bit more of the. Of the pressure. I mean, you know, as Cook uh, Cook was saying this week, he, you know, he he had Bayliss as, as his captain for the last couple of years, and clearly did those two were never going to be uh, the perfect bedfellows. One guy pe- preaching the merits of going faster, the other guy sort of digging his heels every time. Uh, you know, he said he's a very hands-off coach. It was self-evident he was a hands-off coach, but it sounds as though Silver would be much more hands-on, certainly in the sort of the management of the of the uh, of practice and the other things that that maybe go into into your day to day routine as a captain. Just give Root a little bit more breathing space and a bit more chance to to put himself first for a change, and hopefully that that will be part of the part of the battle one. Because if Root starts scoring runs, um, then the rest of his captaincy will tend to to follow through quite uh, quite seamlessly. You'd, you'd suspect. I mean, he's got just just quickly. He's got. A bowling attack that's take, capable of taking twenty wickets, isn't he? Yeah. Let's face it; he's got you know with, with, with Jofra, um, Stewart in the sort of form that that he's in. Um, you know, Chris Wokes, whoever whoever becomes the sort of like the the, the the new ball partner, whether Jimmy Anderson makes a return in South Africa. But he's got he's got some weapons to work with. He's got a spin bowler that he can rely on to to take pressure off the quicks when need be in 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 Leach. And he's got so, a dressing room behind him as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So there's you know. Score some score runs on a regular basis, and your your team will win test matches. Um, the last time England won test matches uh, in New Zealand was two thousand seven eight. Um, the tour that James Anderson and, and Stuart Broad came together. No James Anderson on this uh, on the trip this time. Um, but as Butch said, opportunities for someone there like Chris Wokes or, or Sam Curran um, to come in and make use of a, a Kookaburra ball conditions usually a bit more conducive in Indeed well over, over to you Darren Goff let's see, let's see what he's been made <laughs> of the last few weeks can, if anyone can get the guys to swing a Kookaburra it'll be him um, but yes yeah, it's, it's a difficult ask especially for Wokes I mean his record overseas is, is not not much to write home about and uh, again it, it's part of the, part of Silver's challenge is the succession planning every yeah, it was, frankly, it was part of Bayliss's challenge. Everyone assumed that that that, that Anderson and Braw were on the last legs in 2015, let alone 2019. Mm. But uh, <laughs> but you know, the, the, finding a replacement for the irreplaceable is is not an easy char- easy task. But I mean, clearly they found one in Archer, and if you mm. can find some support for for him, not overbowl him. Get, get Saki uh, might might indeed. come into the reckoning. I is, is I, I'm not sure how Chris Wokes is in terms of his. Uh, in terms of the you know the knee niggles and the things mm. he was carrying throughout the World Cup, I'm not sure how he, but he'll he'll certainly you know the the one the one question mark you always have over Chris Wokes is just his record with the with the Kookaburra is just dire, isn't mm. it? As good as a cricketer he is, and as good as much as we'd we'd want him to to succeed to to nail down the the new ball spot with Jofra, just with the red cooker, he's just you know his numbers are absolutely atrocious. So um, you know he's he's not guaranteed. A spot with a with a new ball. I, I believe he's um, spent his time off uh, growing a beard, so you know. Um, <laughs> Maybe that's it. Maybe more, that's the way uh, forward. That is the, that's the power move. Mm. Um, another quick uh, quiz for you. Last time New Zealand lost a Test series at home. Two thousand seven eight. Two thousand sixteen seventeen at home <laughs> to South Africa, yeah, and they have won uh, ten of their last twelve home series. Um, sort of perennially underrated but we know that this is a, a, a very good um, sorry you said England 
Did you say England did or I New say Zealand? England? I, I meant. I thought you said New Zealand. I meant New no, Zealand. Did you, at oh, home. Sorry, yeah, sorry. <laughs> England just, haven't just lost much at home either no, recently, haven't. but they're playing <laughs> away this time, which is um, <laughs> crucial. Um, but yes, mm. Kiwis home soil. Kane Williamson should be fit. Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a stiff challenge. Yeah, they're they're a seriously good team. I mean, somebody like Neil Wagner worries me actually <laughs> with England. He really does because he's the know, sort of bowler that you wake up at night thinking about. Isn't you he? know, no he's, he's just going to have two men back on the hook, short leg, and he's just going to run up for, for over after over after over, just bowling bumpers at you. Um, you know, uh, and Bolton furious. Saudi very you know given the right conditions can knock anybody over for nothing. Um, but what Wagner, when, when things get quiet and it gets a little bit flat, he's, he's somebody that you really have to work out what you're going to do. Um, and, and kind of, and make it a team strategy because he can, he can just uproot everything because he will not play the game the way, the way anybody wants it to be played. He'll just run up and bowl at your head and he'll do it for 10 overs off the reel. And that's, you know? that's of course yeah. if he's required because obviously last time England went out, 58 all out in, in the space of a session. It was, yeah. it, 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 it needs a second, no. second plan no. of attack. Although I think Wag- Wagner in the second innings had his time. Yeah, he had his time, uh, exactly. Uh, uh, and it was the bumpers in, mm. as England were, having been sort of assisted by the rain were yeah. beginning to I mean, think oh we might escape here and then seriously resilient side somebody like B- BJ Watling or you know will frustrate the hell out of you um, if Williamson's on form you, you know how do you get how do you get him out Tom Latham is somebody is massively underrated as a, as a test match opener they know what they're doing they're a good side yeah I mean as you, as you say they, you know, England haven't won there for more than 10 years and I mean they lost the last time 1-0 and then it was 0-0 the was, previous yeah, time wasn't it when, so they actually uh, haven't won a test when, when um, Matt Pryor cool. and Monty saved the day at, at Auckland in the final session so uh, yeah it's it, it, it's always a tough tough challenge I'm looking forward to it and, and mm. potentially um, chance to see Lockie Ferguson bowl in test cricket um, which uh, Another thing to look forward to. Yeah, he's not made a debut yet. But um, no, I, I, I loved watching him in, in in the World Cup. He was he was one of one of New Zealand stars in proper wheels, and um, yeah, yeah, stick it up the jumper. Yeah, never mind uh, uh, Neil Wagner uh, <laughs> sending it around your lug holes, but uh, Lockie Ferguson too. Yeah, but you know he's a four over specialist, isn't he? <laughs> I, I said Wagner would do it for half a day, but yeah, yeah, be, it'd be interesting to see. Right. Well, uh, looking up at the scoreboard, uh, I think the scores are tied, so that's a good place to end things. Um, England's test outlook has been gloomy for a while, but they'll be hoping that begins to lift in the land of the long white cloud. We'll be back to check the forecast next week. But until then, my thanks to Butch and Miller, and to you all for tuning in to the Switch It podcast on ESPNCrickInfo.com. Thanks for listening.